Welcome. We are your hosts for Bitches Be Brave. This is Heather Hobbs. And this is Bev Steele. And together we are everyday working women trying to raise a family, succeed at our careers, stay fit and healthy, and still look hot. It's our hope to address the issues that we deal with every day and to bring you the knowledge and information from the top experts so that together we can truly thrive and experience wellness in all dimensions of life. And because we care, please remember the thoughts, comments, and advice of this podcast and our guests do not substitute medical advice and you should consult your doctor before starting any new program. And we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at bitchesbebrave at bitchesbebrave.com or visit our website, bitchesbebrave.com or Instagram at bitchesbebrave. Welcome back. This is episode 23 and it's good to be back. How are you, Bev? I'm doing great. How you been? Been good. Super busy. Kids are out of school and I am like starting to stress out about it. Well, actually my kids are out today, but it's like now begins the chaos of trying to fill their days with enriching things besides just Fortnite. Yeah. I saw you on our Instagram downing that mom, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Don't lie. You were right with me. Who took that picture, Bob? (laughs) I did. Remember how mad you were when I took that picture? (laughs) I was mad because I was like, we were with a bunch of people and it was like this completely crowded bar and we found this bottle of gin that said mom and she's like oh my god that's awesome you have to hold it up and so I'm like okay and I pick it up and then she kept going no you're not holding it the right way because you weren't showing the mom and it actually go to our Instagram at bitches be brave and look at this picture we never really did get the mom perfect but Heather was not happy and 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 what I think there was a comment on that you look beautiful thank you very much I took that photo Oh, no, no compliments to me, the actual person in the photo. No. Um, the funny part was that you were such like, the, you were such the mom and you were like, you know, wanting to sit there and keep taking more pictures. I felt like I was the kid, like, stop taking pictures of me. You're embarrassing me. Yeah. That's why I could ignore your dirty looks and your resistance. Cause I deal with that every day with my three daughters. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I want to talk about episode 23. Yes. So this was a very emotional, very intense uh, episode today. I think you guys, uh, we, we interviewed today, Jesse Muller, and she has an incredible story that she talks about and really what led her to doing what she does today, which is energy medicine. Yeah. And I think I found myself getting the chills from her story, tearing up and really the the interview went in many different directions that we did not expect, mm-hmm. but I really think that it, it is a good time to think about how you handle yourself in different situations and when you have those gut feelings. Um, and then also, you know, everybody has their journey and some have had easier times than others and what you can do with that. I mean, she, I wasn't expecting the interview to go the way that it went having met and talked with her before the interview with her, how positive and, you know, it's amazing. I think also the thing that I find so phenomenal is the fact that, you know, so many times people with the story that she has, and I don't want to give it away, 
Um, but you would definitely turn to medication. You would turn to allopathic type of care and to see where she is today when you hear her voice and just how radiant she is. And you know that it's from doing things holistically from energy medicine. And I just, I think there's so much there and I hope that it will be hope to a lot of listeners out there. I think her story is remarkable and I'm anxious for you guys to hear it. So am I. I mean, really, she hit a brick wall and had no idea that that was what, what was supposed to happen and brought her to where she is today. So if please listen, and if you like it, please give us a review on Apple podcast, super important. So we can get our podcast out and share it with any friends that may this may touch them because there are some subjects uh, in the podcast and you uh, may or may not want to listen to it if you have your kids in the car, if you listen to your podcast in the car. So. And please do comment. We love and read all of your comments on Instagram um, and if you want to email us as well. So we look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you soon. Be brave. We are here today with Jesse Meller. And we are so excited to have her. She is a PhD in educational psychology and her story is amazing. She experienced some tremendous medical trauma and through that process was introduced to energy medicine. And it was that missing piece that really prompted her journey to move to California and to build her energy medicine practice and help educators, therapists, healthcare professionals, and moms enhance their personal and professional lives by unlocking the power of their body's energy systems. And I have to tell you, I know, Jesse, the first time I spoke to you, I said, you know, I had not ever been through any sort of energy work. And it was something so new to me. And I'm so excited to be able to tell all of our listeners more about that today and to have them hear your amazing story. So if you don't mind, maybe you can start off and just tell us how you got here and you know what your story has been. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a very crazy story um, that has, you know, it, it, it took me on a whole different career trajectory. And it all started um, with my wisdom teeth coming in. Coincidentally, the exact same semester I graduated with my PhD. So I was a little older in life. I was 30. And, um, you know, that's a little old for your wisdom teeth to finally come in. So I just thought that was funny. And, um, and one of them was really just bothering me horribly. And so sure enough, they told me that actually three of them needed to come out. Uh, not the fourth, not four, not all four, just three. And, um, you know, the bottom two, even though they weren't bothering me, like it was really like, they have to come out, you have crowning, you know, infection and all the words. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just take them out. Okay. Do your thing. So my first cue should have been when I walked in and they were taking out the one that they weren't supposed to, right? Like the universe gives you signs. People walk away, <laughs> get up and say, you know what, today we're not supposed to do this and step on that. I didn't, you know, I was like, oh, like, like a typical, you know, we talk about what moms need and, and a lot of my background is in gender. And so I fit that moment, the typical female gender role as a patient, where it was me as 
assuring them, oh, it's fine. No, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, do the other one, you know. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then they take the three that they're supposed to out, and within hours, I knew there was a problem. The, you know, one side of my face went back to normal, and the other side just didn't. It just didn't, and there was constant pain, and I couldn't explain it, and I just wanted to seriously harm people. <laughs> and um, and if you've ever lived with chronic pain, which at that point I hadn't, you know, I, yeah, maybe a few little injuries here and there, you know, I had a skiing-related one that was kind of rough, you know, but, but never, like, chronic pain for an extended period of time like that. Um, even childbirth, I gave birth all natural to my son, who at this point was about to turn two. He was like just a couple weeks shy of his second birthday. And, um, and so, yeah, I just, I didn't know what to do. Well, allopathic medicine, they literally handed me a unlimited prescription for Vicodin and kind of said, have a nice, have a nice day. <laughs> Um, this is before, you know, 2011. Now we have an opioid epidemic. So this is like right in the middle of that. And, and that really was how it was. Here, here, here's more pills. Just take some more pills. And so I took a lot of pills and uh, I traveled to Montana where I'm from. And there was like family events and all these things that I'm like shooting pain and trying to just like navigate and not again, hurt people because I'm so mad and angry about all of this. Um, and it was just, it was just insane to me that, that this would happen. You know, this is such a routine procedure. So then I started researching what, what to do about this pain because when in Montana, I realized like I was kind of becoming the Brett Favre of the psych department. Like I'm <laughs> popping these Vicodin, like they are no tomorrow. And I just put them in a Pez dispenser basically. <laughs> And I looked at my mom and I said, this is not okay. Like I can, I can feel my liver failing. And, um, and I knew that being in literally the middle of nowhere, I mean, you want to go get unplugged, you know, we're, we're unplugged. And so she flushed my pills and I was at least three hours from any pharmacy to refill anything. And so no, no more. Wow. And, um, you know, it's, it's not that I just like didn't manage pain. I was in serious pain. What, you know, oh my gosh, my face hurt. It was constantly shooting. I, I, I twitched, I drooped. I either looked like a combination of Bell's palsy and a stroke at any given moment of the day. That fall when I returned, um, I would go into like a, a meeting, you know, I'm in department chair and it'd be um, Dr. Dr. Miller. And, you know, my Dean is like wiping her face because I'm just like drooling. I don't even know. My face is like partially numb yet shooting pain and I can't feel anything. And I'm just a mess. So then uh, my cousin suggested an alternative plant that I will not lie, help and save lives. Just, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I was able to sleep. The shooting pain stopped. Um, but you know, it took it, that you just can't do that all day. And if, you know, if you are, that's not okay. There needs to be something else as well. So, you know, that level of me, I knew that also was not a lifestyle that needed to just happen constantly. And so I need another option. So allopathic medicine had one guy to the West of the Mississippi 
who could do this facial procedure that basically involves slicing open my neck, peeling back my face, removing my jaw, and grafting a cadaver nerve. And then they just, you know, piece it back together and you go upon your way. And so when I, the shock wore off of what they just proposed, um, when you're in that much pain, honestly, I was ready to sell my soul. Just take this pain away. I'll give you anything you want. Just let me kiss my son without hurting and, and let him, when he would jump up, if he accidentally brushed my face. I can't even tell you like the evil that went through my head because of pain, you know, like how bad I just wanted to punch something or scream because it was so horrible to live like that. Sorry. No. So, um, I was so convinced that the surgery was going to save everything and, and bring it back. And I couldn't understand. So it took me six months to orchestrate this thing because of course, special surgeon guy didn't take insurance. And it was like an 11 grand surgery. So I wanted to ensure and, and, and just being real, like I didn't have a credit, I didn't have any way to pay for that. And so thank goodness I had in-laws who were so giving, they were willing to front that. And I promised, I was like, I'm going to get insurance in writing before anything is on their card that I will be reimbursed to this card minus like my $250 deductible or whatever I could pay them back for, you know? And so, um, and so we, we, we did all of these hoops. This was such an orchestration. I'm not kidding. This took three months to orchestrate. My mom flew in from Montana so that she could help. I mean, my neck is getting sliced open. I have a two-year-old. Like, my husband, you know, people need help. So we end up getting it all orchestrated. And the, the stars align, and I'm going to do it in December because it's still within the time frame that, um, all the studies suggest I won't reject the nerve, I'll accept it, and this will work, and, you know, all of the things. And I have at least a month before classes start again that I can recover from such an invasive procedure, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, stars aligned, here I am. This is my salvation. So they make you on the intake discuss the incredible severity of this. And um, I was weird crying. <laughs> and... Um, you know, talking about how I know I could die. And I was extra worried because every night up before that surgery, when I would tuck my son into bed, I just had this overwhelming feeling. This was the last time I would think I was tucking him in. I would never hold my baby again. And it was just so horrible. And again, I, I didn't know what else to do. So I didn't tell anyone these feelings because, you know, people think you're crazy. And, and I knew that this was my way out of pain. And so I have to go through this. So here I am explaining this to her bawling and you know, it's a six hour procedure. I could die, blah, blah, blah. So she leaves. The nurse comes back with tears in her eyes. Dr. Meller, you can't have your surgery today. What? <laughs> You're three weeks pregnant. Your routine pregnancy test came back positive. No, 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 no. I, I am on the pill. And I double up because I have the ovulation app on my iPhone. I teach human sexuality and I do not get knocked up. You will check that list again. <laughs> and I believe that is verbatim what I said. And my mom, who is just far sweeter and has way more tact than I will ever have in my life, 
um, you know, she's the she took in this aside. I saw anywhere there was like a sample mix up or you know, and there's just a curtain, like I can hear you people. So the the lady's like, no, honey, my only other pre-op patient is an 80-year-old woman. Your daughter's pregnant. <laughs> you know, like so I still did not believe her. And and I made her, I'm I'm apologizing, like watch me be on more pregnant. <laughs> Because I did not believe one second that I was pregnant. And so, um, you know, I, I was, I, get rid of it. You know, no, like I, I need this surgery. And so they said, well, unfortunately, that's a different procedure. That's not what's scheduled for you. And, you know, you, if that's what happens and you reschedule, we were here. So I left very much in pain. And also more relieved in my entire life because as much as I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, and I even vocalized it out loud to a friend once. Like I'm a perfect mom to one kid. Mm -hmm. Like I am, I so have this. Like my son let me grade. He would just play with his trains. He slept 12 hours by 12 weeks. What? And then my daughter who arrived, <laughs> was five days of labor <laughs> didn't sleep till she was four but she saved my life and um because of being pregnant obviously everything that i was doing had to stop pain management wise and energy medicine was all that was left Ooh. oh my god that's amazing wow. so how did you find so how, who introduced you to energy medicine and i guess so inadvertently many years ago, like when I got married, which is now, oh gosh, almost 12 years ago, uh, my cousin started as a practitioner and she was actually one of the very first graduating classes of the Eden Method with Don Eden program. And so that's kind of cool. And I just, um, when I was pregnant, um, she had these amazing suggestions. And when we did them, my husband gave me the foot massage my, I went right into labor. I had a six hour labor. I was home that night and walked the dog the next day. So it did not help. And, um, and then when this all started, I remembered, oh my gosh, what, what is that stuff Michelle does again? And so she introduced me first and she said, and it's kind of funny you mentioned this. I forgot this part of my story. Um, I was so anxious about the surgery right? Um, you know, the thoughts about dying, the, uh, the Friday or a few business days prior to my surgery, a woman in Florida underwent a similar procedure, the electrical equipment malfunctioned and like blew her face up. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, no, like I, I can't even drive in the car to Phoenix to go have this happen. So my cousin said, the internet before surgery. That's yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so I, you know, I, I, I call my cousin and I'm like, help me. What's this energy stuff? Help me. So she said, actually, there's a lady. She just moved to Tucson. I went to the program with her. She's incredible. Go see her. So her name is Amy Schill and she is still in Tucson. And, um, and so I went to her and it's so funny because that day she, you know, this is like the Friday before my surgery. And she just kept getting the message. Like she's not having her surgery. She's not having her surgery, but she knows like this is my first session with her. Like this is planned. She thinks this is her way. Like that's not what she's here to be calm, but she just knew like this woman is fine and she's not having her surgery and she's freaking out over nothing. 
be fine. And so sure enough, I text her on Monday and she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like she didn't know I was pregnant. She didn't get pregnant. She only got, this woman's not having it. Yeah. And it, and, and so from that moment, I was like, well, I need you. Like, oh my God, like teach me everything because I can't do anything else. And, and, um, I think I started going weekly. Um, and, and my pain went from like a 12 and then just kept dropping. Uh, the bigger I got, the more the pain dropped. Um, and, and yeah, now it's, I'm virtually pain free. There are some side effects. So, um, the pain from where the tooth was extracted actually has referred to my chin, which is just weird. And so there's like this epicenter in my chin, um, that, that is different to the touch. It breaks out with acne more. Um, like I used to have really nice skin for the most part, I kind of do, but my chin is just broke out. Uh, not always, but you know, I, I work on it energetically, but yeah, sometimes it, this is, this has been a challenge. Um, and so then also I couldn't eat on the left side of my face for so long. I always ate on my right and I bit my cheek over and 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 over. So we're talking, this surgery was now seven years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I have now a lump on the inside of my cheek that I was told is quote unquote cosmetic to remove and the out-of-pocket prices do not match the anxiety of coming out looking like the joker yeah so i haven't had it removed yet and so i do i just use energy medicine like i am more than what i look like i'm more than an awkward lump in my face i'm more than when kids are like what's wrong with your face and when adults are like oh what you know and and so it's it's hidden a lot but it is the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest glimpse into that continuum. You know, the, your life process of these humbling moments, you know, chronic pain. Um, you know, I'm, I'm by no means quote unquote disfigured, but it has gorgeous. It's an added layer of self-conscious. I do not smile as big as I did eight years ago. Can't. I just don't. You are um, gorgeous. Even I force myself to sometimes just to say, stop it, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, when, when my energy is ready to trust, the correct practitioner will be put into place and, and that will happen as it's meant to. So that's every, every you know, that's how it's yeah. going that's so far. Amazing, <laughs> such an amazing story. I mean, I, I got chills a couple of times through your story and really initially when you talked about that initial appointment when they took the wrong tooth they wanted to yeah they they were talking about i'm like no that's the one that's the only one that doesn't butt me what do you right and i have three daughters so i talk about things like when you're in a car and you haven't locked the door and you see somebody outside and just lock it where i think the first sense as a woman is like, I don't want to offend somebody. Yes. And that's really a great lesson there is that once you get that feeling that, Hey, something isn't right. You need to act on that. Yeah. And, and it is, like you said, a fine line because in our society, we do have people who are, when you say we need to react on that, when you get a feeling, your body gives you two feelings. Your body gives you an intuition that is, is actually spot on, that is not necessarily governed by your fight or flight process. But then you also get fight or flight messages 
where your fight or flight system is like a, a system of zeros and ones. It's either safe or it's not. It doesn't assess, is that really a saber tooth tiger or was it just a plate crashing behind me? Mm -hmm. It doesn't differentiate. So sometimes what happens is because of all these different neural pathways and what has been wrongfully ingrained in us as that is or isn't safe, or yeah, like women need to just appease, smile and, and make nice, right? Don't stand up. So when we get those combination of neural pathways, we, it does become tricky to ascertain what is an appropriate gut response for my safety versus what is an overreaction because I have a wrong implicit bias. Mm -hmm. and, and our society is really not good at differentiating those right now. <laughs> we're, we're really, we, I, I, my grade is an F. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it hit me really hard when um, my kids started, my girls started sports because oh. we used to say, say please and thank you and excuse me and this and this. And then they got on the soccer field and they'd knock somebody over and they'd stop. And I'm like, don't go, you know, they, and they're like, what? Wait, but I knocked a lot. Yes. And, yeah. and I love that you bring that up because we, and, and it's kind of like a, really, if people are like, what's the purpose of life? I, I'll never forget my son. He was only in first grade. He's such a metal and, and water, and he just philosophizes, and he just had this heavy backpack, and he's heading to the car. What's wrong? What's the purpose of this life? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like Friday afternoon and sunny SoCal. Too deep for me, kid. But really, energetically, the purpose is to help support your body's energy systems, even in the presence of chaos. And by chaos, it can be as simple as conflicting information. And that everything is on a continuum. So some of that conflicting information is, is important and we need that information. And it does conflict with our energy system. So that example is driving. You drive between two straight lines. <laughs> please stay in them. <laughs> please get from A to B safely. But the yeah. thing about our, not only our energetic body, but our physical body as well, it wants to cross our visual stimuli, left eye, right occipital center, and vice versa, left brain, right body. We are designed to cross. Mm -hmm. Yet we always get these mixed messages that unconsciously pattern us. And so I tell clients all the time, you know, at a red light, just make a few X's on your torso. You know, don't do it while you're driving. Please stay concentrated. Yeah. But if you find yourself zoning out, if you find yourself looking to be distracted, your brain is needing more stimuli. And that's usually a pattern related to running up and down. So give yourself this uh, a better stimuli than checking your phone or... Yeah. you know, things that, that may inadvertently cause more issues. So Jesse, can you explain for, for those people like myself, even prior yeah. to when, and by the way, I went and saw Jesse last Saturday and had a 90 minute session um, of energy medicine, which was phenomenal. But for those people that aren't, you know, aware of what it is, could you maybe explain yeah. it? the level of like, what is energy medicine um, and how, you know, how it has actually come to help you with pain. I think yeah. that's amazing. So the reality is everything is energy. 
And so when you look at it like that, a lot of people have experienced energy medicine or energy medicine modalities, if you will, if you think of it as more of an umbrella term. And so if you've ever gone to an acupuncturist, they're under that umbrella. They work primarily with the meridians and the five elements. If you've gone to a Reiki practitioner, they primarily work with your chakras. Um, even yoga and meditation are energy medicine. In fact, there's a lovely woman also from Montana. So I love that connection. Um, and her name is Lauren Walker and she is the founder of energy medicine yoga. And so it is rooted in these Eden energy medicine practices that I've been trained in as well. And, um, it really combines those yoga postures with pushing different, um, acu points, the place of an acupuncturist would place those needles. And by doing that, um, you know, you, you can actually activate space for whatever your body's been packing on to release in a more effective way than, than maybe just one modality alone. So um, the reality is a lot of people have experienced energy medicine in a lot of ways and they don't even know. Mm-hmm. And the method that you do is really a combination, right? I think in a lot of ways. Eden is just the, I call her the Oprah of energy medicine. She's so amazing at just taking everything and explaining it and, and bringing it together in a way that makes it accessible for someone who knew nothing about the topic. So when you learn the Eden method or you go to an Eden energy medicine trained practitioner, you are going to get modalities from cultures for from across the globe um, that are ancient and and somewhat contemporary as well so she just really she just really created made it all accessible it's it's she's phenomenal is part of your treatment teaching someone to do some of these things you talked about the x absolutely on their own i'm thinking of like stress and yeah, if if you're looking if you're looking for 90 minutes where you just lay there in, in silence, I'm not the practitioner for you. Um, I'm a talker, sorry. <laughs> you know, when you can fill a three-hour lecture, you, you can talk. You just it, it, I I started talking at nine months and I have not shut up since. And um and so I love explaining the whys and answering all the questions. And I t- but I tell my clients, don't worry about trying to learn it all in that session because the best part is every, literally every little thing we talk about will be sent to you with a picture and or a link and specific instructions for what happened and why your body asked for it so that you can just absorb and enjoy and then you have the reference as you need. So one of the things that I think is amazing um, is that, so I went and I had the 90 minute session and, yeah. and it was very, you know, it was physical. You were touching different pressure points and, and chakras and um, using, you know, your crystal, the magic crystal and things like that. But you said so much of what you do is also remote. And yeah. you said energy knows no distance and, mm-hmm. and that some of your clients even claim to have even more extreme results after doing remote sessions. So I find that phenomenal. My work is primarily remote. Um, I have clients all over the U.S. and um, they, you know, one of them was very skeptical because he started as an in-person client and he just, you know, had to move and 
what am I going to do without these sessions? And we just, you know, we just call, we just chat. It's, it's no big deal. However you want. You can do Zoom, like, you know, like a video chat. You can do a phone call. You can do Skype, FaceTime. And um, really energy and distance work, um, for some people it's tricky, but for some reason it just really it was, it's really easy for me. Um, if, if that person is, is wanting to talk, we, we can talk. And so how I talk, um, even though we're not even here is I use community, like a, like a self energy testing. Um, and so just like while your body is physically in front of me, I will use a kinesiology muscle test to determine, um, anything that your body energetically wants to say. The reason is because your session isn't about me. It's not about what I think you need. It's not about what I think is best for you. It's about truly honoring what your energy wants to say. And so even though I may be able to get a notion of something almost immediately, no. If that is not confirmed by your energy is your best and highest good, then I am only serving my ego with that modality rather than truly honoring what your energy wants. And so people's energies can feel that and you don't need to know, you don't need to be close to feel that. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just, a, it's the exact same session. It's just a series of the energy medicine testing um, is used kinesiology. You know, that testing is just done on my end um, intending that it's being done on you. And it, it's just as powerful. So I'm fascinated with this, that you could do it on the phone or via Skype. Absolutely. So are you having the individual place hands on the points Sometimes. themselves? Um, you know, some of my clients have very limited mobility and that's actually why they like a distance session. There are clients who are local, but still do distance sessions. Um, you know, they may not want to come out to Scripps and, and they may not want to, you know, wherever they live. I mean, San Diego traffic can be brutal, man. And so, um, you know, from a mobility standpoint, offering that, you know, some clients are incredible. They're like, where, what, what needs to be touched? What are you doing? And, and so, yes, you do it and, and it just enhances it more. And for some, they really do enjoy sitting and talking and they'll even say are you touching my right foot you know yes and it's like i can feel the pulsing in my right foot what are you doing or and it's it's really uncanny and it becomes it almost becomes an immediate mind body connection that most of us have negated within our life not by choice but just because our current culture doesn't support it Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that. I liken it to the fact that I don't like to go to a gym to work out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would rather do, yes. you know, on yes. Skype or, a, you know, a tape or reading something and doing that. So, you know, different strokes for different folks, right? It is. And, you know, when, when you talk about therapeutic modalities and you talk about helping people, there are a lot of people in our society, whether you are a powerful woman or man or anywhere in between, that level of power doesn't always match with the role of quote unquote patient. And so rather than um, the real harmony with energy medicine is 
you know, what, what I've funneled down to recognize, release, and replace. Mm -hmm. and, and so they're not even in a place to recognize because, you know, we really do run on the energy of, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not for all of, all of us and I don't know why we can't just admit that we're not like you know what today was a rough day but I'm really glad that I can hang out with you thanks for being with me it's actually more like I'm fine that's what I say I'm fine yeah <laughs> which means no and, and I want everyone to know that I'm really not yeah and, and sometimes we do have those people that we can let that message to. But for most of us, we really walk around on autopilot. And depending on the level of success that we've achieved in our life too, we have this inverse understanding that the more successful we are, the less wrong, quote, emotions we should feel. And that's the other problem is that we just define words incorrectly. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, I mean, I think the other thing too is, I mean, you had a calling because of your pain, right? And you were now, you were stuck in a place where you're like, I can't use pain medication, you're pregnant. And so yeah. you came, but I think for so many of us, and I know one of the interesting things is that, um, that you talked about is like how sometimes our past experiences, right, really affect how our, we're balanced or imbalanced yeah. in terms of energy. And so really there's, there's a, there's a need for all of us, whether or not it has to do with like something physical, like pain that you're feeling or emotional, th there's a place for everybody. Oh, yes. So your body will give you whispers. And if you don't listen, eventually it will scream. At you. Mm -hmm. And usually that screaming is the pain or, you know, whether it's an emotional or a physical pain, um, you don't feel right. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times our society really only wants to focus on what we call tertiary medical intervention or even maybe, maybe secondary. Um, and only recently with um, different measures through the Affordable Care Act um, enacted many years ago, have we tried to shift the focus to what's called preventative medicine, mm -hmm. recognizing things before they start. And so energy medicine is beautiful because it meets you at all those levels. And, um, and so for most of us, we don't get there until we're in that tertiary, until we, our body is screaming at us, right? My body screamed at me until I started taking energy, entering energy medicine into my life. And then when you start to peel back, so I think I even said earlier, for some weird reason, the pain referred here, there's no weird reason the pain referred there every tooth every area is associated with something and there's also no weird reason why i have this lump on my face your life will come full circle in moments that you didn't address and learn and um there was a moment in my life where i thought i spoke up fully and i did not and um on that day, uh, so I am a survivor of 10 years of childhood sexual abuse, and I did not know. I, I had my own personal Bill Cosby, only mine looked like Jay Leno, and he wasn't funny at all. <sighs> and um, he, 
he would, uh, he groomed me to drink as much as I wanted until I passed out when my mom wasn't around. And I have two younger sisters who are half sisters who were his biological daughters. So he is not my biological father. Um, and it was at a time where, you know, speaking of like being brave and using your voice where people didn't act on their gut, right? Going back to that is this wrong because I have a bias or is this wrong because it's really, really wrong, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so not a lot of people <laughs> spoke up or said anything. And so he was able to groom and he was able to do what he did. And um, we ended up moving from a larger town to a smaller town. And he had a business meeting in the larger town where I had friends that I was missing. And so he offered to bring me with him and I could have like all my friends over at the pool you know he groomed me for this and so he stocked the entire hotel room with alcohol which at this point were 14 and 15 and 16 like what obviously we have no adult supervision a hotel full of alcohol and a pool so um while I was washing Corrine out of my hair I came back out and everything seemed normal. A friend had decided to stay at the hotel with us and she was passed out on like a fold out sofa and he was passed out in like a chair and I directed him to get to his room. Why was he still in there? And he did and I went to sleep. Only the next morning he like rushed out of there and that was so not like him. He would dote on me like, like a groomed groomer would. Like he would have breakfast next to me by bed. I mean, it was, it was very weird how abrupt he left. So we went down and we got the continental breakfast and she was just so gray is all I can explain it. And this is before I understood that I felt and saw energy and um, she, everything about her was just broken. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I woke up last night with your dad on top of me. And I said, are you sure? And she said, yes. And I said, okay. And I called my mom. And for a woman who married this guy and did a lot of things wrong, she did everything right that day. So I do give her credit for this day. She made a two hour drive in one hour. She picked us up, she reminded this wonderful young girl that this is not her fault and that she did nothing wrong. And then she gave her two hours to find her voice and tell her story to her parents who were prominent lawyers in the town. And if she wasn't able to find her voice that my mom would find it for her because this man needed to be held accountable. This man got a judge, which most judges do, and you can look up all kinds of cases like this in Montana where creeps get nothing. And his, um, at the time, my stepdad's defense was that who's pubescent girls just throw themselves at you. What are you supposed to do? So I was hypnotized multiple times. I was interviewed countless times, almost to the point where they were leading me to say that he did this to me too, so that they could prove it wasn't just post pubescent girls. He's been doing this to me since he's met me. And I didn't find my voice. I didn't find it and I didn't have it. And I was adamant that he never touched me. And then um, it wasn't until I was 29 that the memories came back. 
And there were two occasions where I did wake up as well. And I had buried them deep, deep, deep. And I had also buried that on the day that my friend told me that and we were eating breakfast, I bit my cheek. It's mm. crazy. In the same place that you have. Yeah. So that's amazing. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it is a, a very trusting situation where it will be uh, a very, very, very incredible medical practitioner who is in the very right place at the very right time. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. listening to this story and your journey, and you had talked about the perfect plan, and, and to meet you and to talk to you, you're so full of light, and you're positive, <laughs> and the story that, that you just told, I'm just like, Yes, statistically speaking, I should have three different kids from three different men, and I should be on welfare in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> um, addicted to meth, you know, in the middle of nowhere on a trailer in Montana, and I'm not. Right. And it's because of, um, it's because of, you know, you don't need a lot of people to love you, you just need a few people to love you a lot. Yeah, and I mean, I think... Even uh, with the experience of the surgery that didn't happen and through yeah. all of your pain, you couldn't see that you were pregnant as a blessing at that moment. In that exact moment, I couldn't. But, yes. But it only took about 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I just, I, <laughs> and and it's you know, it, it took, it took after we walked out and the second I walked out and the sunshine hit my face. You knew. It was, I real. it hit me. I was not fearing my death in that yeah. surgery. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's just such a great reminder to all of us because we all think, okay, this is my plan. This is my plan. Oh. And then it's not happening. And we try to force that <laughs> or we just like give up because it's not happening. Yeah. We don't yeah. Oh gosh. Well, and it's funny, you know, that surgery wasn't just my only lesson in that. I am, yeah. since we moved here, right. Miss Planner, Girl, I'm on planet least like X, Y, and Z. I don't even know what. I've doubled up in the alphabet at this point. No, there's no plan. There just is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Wow. I love, though, that you've had, that you found that path because it went from one thing, right? Of, I mean, you are a professor and you get spent years and years and, you know, in school and studying to have that career. And then you found, energy medicine and what it's done for you. And so what made that shift for you to want to actually be a practitioner? When all I can talk about is energy medicine in the classroom mm -hmm. and it's not on the syllabus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, because everything is energy. And so, you know, there isn't a field of energy psychology because it's not related. And so when yeah. you teach a, teach a psychology class and you teach a development class, everything about their development is energy. And then and, and the books all say that, you know, we have this now holistic approach to, to development. And in psychology books, they call this the BPS model, biopsychosocial, right? So your biology, your physical body, psychology, your, your cognition, your learning, how you think, but then socio-emotional, you know, the, any emotional issues, but this also includes like your, your religion and your belief systems and and your headspace in a lot of ways that way. So 
your support system. So they, they think that that's it, but they negate a fourth piece of that puzzle and energy medicine tucks into all of those. And when you really go to the energetic understanding of your body, you can, you inadvertently end up working with all the other pieces of the puzzle. That's awesome. I like that. I do too. Your, your story is just so amazing. I think you're such an inspiration and I will tell you, I mean, it was, it was so informative for me and to realize when I, when I had this session with you, just how much, um, I don't pay attention to it and I need to, you know, and that a lot of times all those blocks that we just keep going and going, we push ourselves and we push ourselves and it starts to manifest and it manifests in certain ways. And I know for me physically, I mean, I had a hard stop about four years ago um, where I went from being a triathlete to not being able to run due to back issues and leg issues. And I think that, um, you know, it's amazing the work that you do. And I think there's a lot that can be cleared out that we just don't even connect. We don't even put those two things together. And so, yeah, yeah I definitely encourage all listeners to, you know, to look into it, reach out and, um, explore because there's a lot that we can do. Absolutely. You know, I don't even want to ask the question that we normally ask what it means to you to be brave because you are just (laughs) the epitome of brave. But (laughs) if you could tell our listeners just, you know, what it means. Yeah. You know, when I read the question, it was funny. I was just finishing up Angie Thomas's book, um, The Hate You Give. And in there, there are many references to being brave. I'm not sure if you've read it. And, um, and one of, you know, and I'm paraphrasing and I'm probably going to do a really bad job. Sorry, Andy. (laughs) Um, but, But to paraphrase a conversation between the main character and her mother in the story is that you know, people kept telling her she was brave because she was going to speak out about you know, what she witnessed as a wrongful killing. And, um, and she said she didn't feel brave because she was so scared. And her mom basically said, you know, well, being brave is, is doing it even though you're scared. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, like you said, pushing through, but also paying attention. So, you know, is this something that I need to push through, even though I'm scared? Or is this something that is giving me uh, a cue to a better path? And, and, and it's, a, it's a signal rather, you know, and it's being able to really start to see and understand how those messages appear, how they appear for your personal story. And, and when you start to understand that everything is energy and everything in your body is truly truly programmed from, from up here, what you think that energy source that comes in, you know, you can look at, you can, you can ask psychologists, neuroscientists, anyone, what sparks this? Yeah. I love that. You don't know. Well, energy sparks it. Mm -hmm. If you're not drawing fresh energy in, this is not sparked. And so when you can learn to talk to that, you can be brave in anything you need to be. I like that. That reminds me of a quote that is something like the, uh, the right thing is not always popular and the popular thing is not always right. We can say that. Let me tell you, (laughs) um, (laughs) energy medicine is not 
generally popular and a lot of people are not interested. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's okay. As, as I, as I told, um, my daughter asked me a question when someone wasn't too fond of what I do. And my daughter's words were, mama, she's only four. Why is she hating on your magic crisp? <laughs> uh, did I mention two forms of birth control in five days of labor? She yeah. Do all things. And, um, and I love every second of it. And, um, and, and I kind of, you know, realized like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and my response was, well, Although energy medicine is for everybody, not everybody is ready for it. Mm -hmm. And not every practitioner resonates with every person. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of us out there. Find one that resonates with you and you're yeah. going to have a better prognosis because you're going to feel more connected and you're going to like that person. And as I'm humbled every semester, I don't please everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's really an option. The proof of this every semester. <laughs> <laughs> I don't please everybody. What do you do? Today might not be your day either. <laughs> yeah. It's an option. You hear all the time that we're, someone is saying, I've tried everything. Well, it's yeah. another option that just yep. may, may work. And yes. to your point, I mean, I think, you know, you have yoga instructors that you like and yoga instructors that aren't your fit. You have hair stylists that you like and hair stylists that you don't. It's finding that fit for you. Exactly. Jesse, can you tell our listeners where they can find more information about you? Do you have a website? And, um, and you know, maybe too, if there's another suggestion of where people um, can just look to find out more yeah. information about um, it. You know, my website is healinglux.com and I also have a, a group on Facebook called Energy Medicine for Growth Mindset. So what that does is it um, kind of, the, the motto of that is everything is energy. And so if you want free resources or articles, what I do is I'll, I'll post an article that's maybe psychology speak or education speak, and I'll give kind of the energetic twist of, you know, semantics. We're talking about the same thing. And if the tips in this article don't work for you, try adding this energy technique and then doing it and, and see what happens. And so um, that's called energy medicine for growth mindset. And then um, really, you know, Donna Eden's work. And you can just Google Donna Eden and you will find a whole host of things. There's videos on YouTube. Um, the, it's called Eden Energy Medicine or the Eden Method. And um, the company that does all the educational information is called InnerSource, I-N-N-E-R-S-O-U-R-C-E. -N -N -E -E. And they have free PDFs, free guides. They're, you know, um, basically an energy medicine practitioner is you're not paying for them to heal you. We don't heal you. We guide you in understanding your energy systems and guiding yourself. So a good practitioner is going to provide you with homework and, and put the onus on you. You mm. can lead a horse to water, mm. right? I have a lot of Montana saints. <laughs> um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And that's energy medicine. Energy is about understanding free will. So a lot of times people get really, you know, they're like, I want to come. Can you read my past lives? And like, oh, oh you're all sister. Like if your energy wants to share something, it will. And if it doesn't, we don't cry. And sometimes that stuff doesn't matter. Who cares about the why? 
Energy is about recognizing what you want to release, replacing it and moving forward. It's not Mm. necessarily about focusing that way because that's not where you want to go. So I tell my clients, like, be very careful not to get stuck on like this idea, like this is my destiny or a psychic told me this, like, you know, yay, yay. And if that is a, a vision that you want, hold on to it. But the more you push for it, the more things are going to rattle around you if it's not meant to be. And so um, really understanding that point about free will and really only putting what you really want to have happen rather than spiraling about why that's not happening. Um, And things just magically appeared. Pretty cool. Well... You're, you are the perfect epitome of that example. I think of putting your past and negativity behind you and just moving forward. You have such, you radiate just such happiness and positivity. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us and all the work that you do. And um, it was such a pleasure to have you on our show. Yeah. And we'll put all that information in the show notes. So they have those contacts. Thanks so much. It was so lovely to be here today. I am so grateful that you had me. Um, You know, it's it's not often that I share that story, but it's an important one. And part of being brave, um, I didn't find my voice when I should have. And when I did find it, um, it was too late for any type of consequence to come. Um, And so part of being brave now is also helping clients understand that it is never too late to speak about you know, anything that you have survived and um, to work through that in the way that you need to be sure that you do find help that is informed in the process of support rather than reinforcing that, you know, oh, you're fine. Just get over it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing such a personal story and it will resonate with many of our listeners. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Bye-bye.